cave of cool. Balloon juice. Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool presents Balloon Juice, a pop culture podcast from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Movies, TV, comic books, current events, and all things cool. Hold on to your toques. Balloon Juice starts now. Stealing a Big Mac from a baby. Oh, now what? What kind story. of what kind of a selfish human being would steal a Big oh, Mac? Oh, I was from young and selfish. I was young from a long time. Tell ago. me that story. Okay. When I lived in Shadow, Manitoba, in the summer, right, every Wednesday, they'd get put on a bus, right? So you could go to Brandon, which was 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. The bus would come at 8 o'clock, drop you off, pick you up at noon mm-hmm. at the, at the Woco where the McDonald's was. So we would get dropped off downtown, go to the record store, right, go to the other stores downtown in Brandon, which were really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Take the city bus, go to the Woco look around there, and everybody, we'd end at the McDonald's, right? right. We'd have lunch I, I, at the McDonald's. You're, you're, you're how old at this time? 13, 14. So 13, 14, right? okay. Yeah, right. 13. It's for cadet camp. Yeah, so I must have been 12, maybe. Okay. So, go with my buddy, normal Wednesday in July, you know, August. So, we're going in, and we, we I bought a couple, I bought two records, I remember that day, mm-hmm. and I got a, one of those, uh, it was before they had pizza pops, you could get at Woco, you could get a pizza calzone, right? Mm-hmm. And then somebody figured out how to make them into pizza pops. But right. until then, that was the only pizza pop that was around, mm-hmm. right, at Woco. And they had their own little restaurant, remember? Right, yeah. In those stores, like Kereski's had one, and, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, what was the other one? Um, um, uh, ah, the one that just closed, that uh, we loved. Uh, I don't know. Zellers had one recently. Zellers, thank Zellers, you. Yeah. Zellers, Zell- Zellers had, had one. Had one with the old people, and they always looked at you funny if you yeah. were young, yeah. right? You also needed your, their permission. So... <laughs> yeah. So we and I bought. I remember I bought a couple of black and white photos of Cheryl Ladd. You know they had those for sale. Right. So we we go to get some lunch and we look at the change in our pocket. We have just enough for small fries. Mm. Right. So we're kind of <laughs> laughing and we're sitting there and we're 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 dishing out the small fries to each other like back and forth and we're yeah. we're trying to match up the sizes while we're laughing. Right. And we almost had more ketchup than fries. Right. Uh-huh. And it maybe had six fries each, right? <laughs> and we're sitting there just, just kind of just hating our lives. And um, across from us, this woman sits down, puts her baby in the high chair, right? Mm-hmm. And she's watching the baby while she's ordering. And she sits down. She brings back this one meal and puts it on the baby's um, high chair. Right. And then she goes back for another meal. So her and the baby have each have a Big Mac, a large drink, and large fries. Wait, and so I the, thought now how, how, baby, how, so this baby, the baby is a, the baby's a baby. A toddler. I'm diaper baby. Okay, I'm so they're taking out of the stroller. Okay, not even walking. And right? they give they give the baby a Big Mac. She puts a Big Mac next to it's in the package next to the baby right. with the large fries and the drink, mm-hmm. and then she goes back and gets hers. Right, right, and she sits down, and me and him just look at each other, and we look at this baby, and we're and it's like it was almost like telepathy, mm-hmm. right? She got up to get some some napkins and some ketchup. We both stood up. I walked over, I grabbed the Big Mac, he grabbed the fries and the drink, mm-hmm. and we walked out the door, right? <laughs> right past this woman. And uh-huh. it's fun- the funniest thing was, though, as I'm entering, as I'm leaving, mm-hmm. I look behind my shoulder, and that baby is giving me the look, right? <laughs> Just looking at me like, oh, oh, I know what you did. Oh, if I can get out of this chair. Mom, ah! Right? 
it was like the baby was just he was fixated on me and he was just stunned and I, I just thought oh my god the baby's gonna start crying and rat us out and everything right uh, and he was going keep moving keep moving right don't right. look back keep moving and so we went behind the, the woko and we we ate the fries, and we ate the burger, and we drank the pop, and we got on the bus, and we were not guilty at all. But okay. then, like, all half the way home, we went, we just stole food from a baby. You, well, now, you, you did. You stole food right from in front right of the baby. Right out of the baby's right mouth. Out of the baby's he mouth. didn't even get a fry to mm -hmm. gnaw on, right? Yeah. It's like, I just, we just grabbed, we, and it was like, we both didn't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, it's like nowadays when I steal gum from 7-Eleven, right? <laughs> I have no conscience about it. I will walk past the gum. I will walk in, say hi to the person, walk down that aisle that they can't see me because that's where the gum is, uh -huh. and I'll grab like two packs of Bubblelicious bubble or something, stick them in my pocket, buy other things, right? <laughs> but I will not pay for gum in 7 Eleven. I don't know why. I will. I refuse to do it. Uh -huh. I'm a thug. I'm a prison. <laughs> I'm a criminal. You're a gangster. I should be. And they've got, but they never. I mean, they got bigger fish to fry, I guess. Uh, I, and I, it doesn't make me braver. I don't think I'm going to grab some cupcakes and shove them down my jumper or anything, right? <laughs> I did steal a Wizard magazine once, though. Yeah. And I put it down my pants, mm -hmm. but it was it was covered in like a plastic wrap, so I crinkled when I walked, mm -hmm. and so I thought for sure they were going to bust me. Mm -hmm. um, but but no, it's always the gum in the Seven Eleven. So, yeah. but that was the first time we ever like I ever stole anything. But mm. I stole from a child. From a and baby. Walk right, baby. Mm. A baby. And, and yeah. could have walked right past the mother. She could have saw someone, looked and saw nothing on her kid's thing and yelled at us. And mm -hmm. Because we walked, like it was almost like the godfather. Drop the gun and walk slow, right? Yeah. Well, roll, roll slow, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we, we weren't rolling fast so nobody would know to just leave it. Yeah. We just walked normal like we were leaving the, the restaurant. And then ran behind the Wolko and <laughs> ate our ill-begotten game. <laughs> and I think we buried... The, the cup, the, the, the fry container, and the, the styrofoam Big Mac container. Yeah. I think we kicked the dirt up and buried it so that <laughs> no nobody one would, would, no one yeah. would find it with their fingerprints all over it. <laughs> oh, oh, we could have went without, man. We are 15 minutes from home. Yeah. But it was just... It, we just and, and it's funny because you felt no guilt, right? Yeah. It was well, now, good. You know, it, it doesn't make sense that, that a, a, a woman would feed her baby a Big Mac. See, that's why I just tried nowadays. Yeah. I'm looking back and saying... I gave that baby maybe a, what an extra month of life, you know, well, because you know, he wasn't raised on Big Macs. Honestly, he could have choked on that Big Mac, so you did him a favor, really. Thank you, thank you. With that pickle, yeah, because they didn't say no pickle, you know. Right? Exactly. I mean, this baby, right. you know, the, one, one of those me. fries could have done him in. So trust you know, me, <laughs> every time I tell this story, I justify you saved, it to you myself. He has saved that baby's life. You could have. I did. I, that's why. Well, I then, mind you, there might be this forty-five-year-old guy, you know, who comes to your door one day. It's like you oh stole my the way Big he looked at me. My that you know how you remember certain things from your yeah, baby not right. much but you remember a few things very well yeah i bet you he remembers that he probably does because he was staring at me there was no blinking there was like a a look like he was surprised that he had been robbed it's like it's almost like he was an old man going i'm a child you robbed that child like he couldn't express that <laughs> but he was smart enough to know that he had just been 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 stolen from yeah, yeah. you know and he and his his your features were seared into his memory exactly at that moment, so. exactly. and you know he he didn't even consider though mom will probably share mine with me or, or whatever right yeah. mom will give me two fries i'll be ha no it was like he knew he had been he'd been done wrong by these punks yeah and i was it was a punk move man that was a bitch-ass punk move but yeah. but <laughs> When you got a buddy with you, I understand the mob behavior yeah, now, right? The, the, mob, I, the mob has turned me into a criminal, right? <laughs> the mob. 
Oh, now this was this was around the same time that you um, you hopped the train to Winnipeg. Yes, that well, the hop the train was that was 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 two years later. Okay, but that was the same kind of thing. Like the train would stop in Shiloh. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a military base, mm-hmm. so they always had things that were either coming off the train or going on to the train. Yeah. And so the train would stop for a few minutes every morning, and we'd ride our bikes, and we'd be stopped by the train if we were going across the tracks and going to the woods where they had the big fire tower. Mm-hmm. So we could climb to the top of the fire tower, and it was always open. and it Totally unsafe, of course, right? right. Because it was like t- 200 feet in the air, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a fire watch tower, and they never locked it or anything. They should have put a lock like on the stairs. Mm-hmm. Because it had that little kind of, um, uh, you know, guard around it, the stairs. Yeah. You know, so that's just inviting kids to, you know, that was a 10-minute bike ride into the deep spruce woods. And you could go up there and it was like a, a little cabin in the sky, right? Right. And so we waited for that train to pass so we could go a- into the thing one day. Mm-hmm. And, and and there was an open box car and I was with two buddies. Mm-hmm. And I just, I looked at this open box car, the train was stopped. I dropped my bike in the tall grass, mm-hmm. and I ran for this thing. And they did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't expect them to follow me, but I just was one of those things. And I ran, and we jumped up, and we got into the train car, and we're sitting on the on, on the open box car. Yeah. And we're just kind of sitting there like a couple of hobos looking out, right, thinking, <laughs> oh, it's going to move. We're going to jump off, of course, well, right? Of course, we're not yeah. going to go. We're not going to let it take us away from our bikes or the base or anything, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then it started moving, and we didn't move. We just sat there and we're swinging our legs, and it kept moving, and it got up to its speed, and it wasn't scary at all, uh-huh. right? And we thought, well, if we have to jump, we could jump, but we just didn't. Yeah. And we rode that thing for two hours through the Canadian uh, Manitoba, and then we got to the – and I remember for about half hour before we got to Winnipeg because we crashed Portage La Prairie, mm-hmm. and we thought, oh, we're fucked because it's going to stop in Portage, which is about a half hour from Winnipeg, and then they're going to catch us. Mm-hmm. And we don't know nobody in Portage, yeah. right? We're so now this, this whole time, the, the side of the car is the side of the car is open. Is open, yeah. So this box car is open box car, and you're just both, watching. Both you're, so yeah. you're just like hobos. You're, yeah, you're, you're sitting in the car. You're riding the rails. You're watching the, the rails. scenery go by. Watching the scenery go by. And it had a little bit of straw in it, so it might have had been airing out for what if they were moving cattle or something. Yeah. But both ends were open. So we went from one side, and then we went to the other side. And then we'd be standing there, and then we'd, we'd be fighting each other, and some guy'd get too close to the edge, and we'd, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we'd, then we'd talk about, could we jump and survive? And, well, you'd have to roll, and, you know? And there was a lot of soft grass around the train, yeah. but we never, you know? Yeah. So we thought it was going to stop in Portage, and then we'd be, we'd be hooped then. But yeah. it didn't. It went on to Winnipeg, <laughs> and it got into the Winnipeg train yards, and lots of people there, mm-hmm. like, Tons of guys just walking around, like I'm sure. And we had those visions of, you know, those those railway cops, you know, with the little little billy clubs yeah. that come chase the hobos <laughs> and beat you down and stuff. So the minute the thing got anywhere near to slowing down enough, you know, we jumped off and we're running to, and we didn't know how to get out of the train yard, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's you know what it's like, right? Yeah. On a busy Winnipeg train yard. And so we're we're running all over the place and the guy saw us and goes, What are you kids doing over here? And he goes, We we grabbed the fence, we don't like yeah, come with me, you know. And he got us out uh-huh. and and we, we he, he got us right to a bus stop. Bus yeah. pulled up. We uh, we said, We're trying to go to Osborne, what do we do? And the bus driver told us we had some money in our pocket, look we always did. You know, mom always left like ten bucks on the table for me. Right. You know, when you left in the day. Mm-hmm. Um so we got on this bus, went to Osborne, where my aunt lived, mm-hmm. and she was working at this, uh, uh, it's called the Beefeater Restaurant. Okay. And 
uh, we went to see her at work. He said, what the hell you got? What the hell are you doing here, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we jumped on the train. Yeah, right, right. You jumped on the train, right? So they gave us, uh, we were telling the story to the bartenders and stuff, and the, the chef made us cheeseburgers and stuff. <laughs> we ate the cheeseburgers, and nobody believed us, of course. She phoned my, my parents. My parents said, yeah, right, he's in Winnipeg, right? No, he's right here. Listen, t- talk to him. My dad hung up before he could talk to him, right? <laughs> they were just they just thought my aunt was pulling something. Uh-huh. So we ate that, and then we took the bus, went downtown, went to the Museum of Man and Nature, because uh-huh. it was like a dollar to get in. Uh-huh. And so we went and saw, they have a Viking boat in there, mm-hmm. and they have old um, r- movies, like uh, from silent movies. Right. And so we went and watched some of those, and then we had enough to go see Moonraker. Oh, okay. And it was just out, and it was in at the base. It was like, it just started. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted to see Moonraker and the latest mm-hmm. James Bond in space. Right. So we went and saw Moonraker. <laughs> and my aunt, and then we went back to my aunt's place, which was right near the, where the theater was. It was like a short bus ride. Uh-huh. She gave us um, um, uh, some money so that we could take the bus to the base uh-huh. to get there by 8 o'clock to take the base bus back to Shiloh. Right. Which was an hour and a half on the bus. Uh-huh. And we just mentioned our dad's names and their rank. And we got on the bus and we drove back and we got on our bikes <laughs> which were still in the tall grass, and we drove home, and my dad was going, where are you all day? I was in Winnipeg. Yeah, right. Right? Didn't Aunt Mary call you? Yeah, but she was – and I showed him the ticket, right, from the movie. Uh-huh. And he goes, what the hell? How did you get the win? And then the whole story came out, right? And we drove so, on. So but, this, but, this would have been 1979 because that's when yes, Moonraker yeah, was released. When Moonraker so, came out, yeah, in so, that summer. Summer of 1979. Right. And it was just like an adventure. Like we were, we were talking to bus drivers how to get places. And we saw the museum. It was like a dollar to get in. And we had some time before the movie started. I mean, we were pushing everything. Yeah. And the fact that, that like we, we so charmed the, the, the wait staff and the, the cooks and everything that they made us food before the restaurant opened. Yeah. Right? Because my aunt like worked okay. there. Right. Right? And so it was kind of neat. It was like a really cool adventure for young kids to do. But, but yeah. that, was like, that was living on the base, man. Yeah. You, would, you would, could drive your bike anywhere. You would hang. Your parents never cared if you were out past. Like it, you come home at 3 in the morning because okay. after cadets, you watch the midnight special, right? right? And we're hanging at your friend's place making prank phone calls to radio station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> asking if their refrigerator was running. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know? And yeah. why they don't play, why they don't play more Ted Nugent, right? <laughs> things, stupid things like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that was our, that was our, that was our summer. But the fact that I could get away with that, right? Yeah. That, that, that's what gave you the, the bravery to do it. Yeah. But the fact that nobody believed we did it until uh, we had to show proof. Yeah, you had to have proof that you actually saw Moonraker. <laughs> well, that's an awesome story. No, it was fantastic, man. That is, like that I said, is... I, I was just that was the cadet thing, man. It just mm-hmm. gave you bravery. Because you had no, it, like, there was no drugs on the base, no mm-hmm. alcohol. I was, I was like 16 before I tasted alcohol, and it was bad homemade orange wine <laughs> and those really weird basket jugs. Yeah. Right? And I got really drunk well, on a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. And then the guy I was drinking with, his two older brothers came, and, and you know how people bounce on little brothers on the couch? Yeah. You know, that's what they did to us until we threw up. <laughs> so I didn't drink for like five years after that, right? <laughs> because of. Because of that. Yeah. But there was none of that around. You just felt so safe. Nothing could happen to you. Mm-hmm. No kid we knew was ever ever got killed or even like a broken arm was a big deal mm-hmm. uh, anywhere, right? So uh, I, that's where I think it comes from. If I was raised in today's society, oh, my God, I'd be a scared little – I'd be a lemur in a tree. <laughs> or like, like Picard when they – remember they got devolved on Star Trek? Yeah. And he was like a pygmy marmoset, they said. And yeah. he was like walking around like he was <laughs> – he was frightened of everything, yeah, like a squirrel, you know. 
but you just you just had no fear and you could just do things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never would today. And Winnipeg at the time was a pretty dangerous city, and it always is. Mm-hmm. It's to this day, it's a dangerous city. Yeah. But then again, I live in Red Deer, which but, is supposed to be the the crime capital of Canada, and <laughs> yeah. I still don't uh, you know feel any of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no. Well, the world has changed. I mean. You know, oh. since 1979, obviously things. things I think are I, now. I I actually think I was talking about this with Pat that I think we got woke somewhere around the end of the 80s, mm-hmm. and then they introduced the internet and the phones to kind of dumb us down again. Yeah. I think we are close to figuring it all out, yeah. and how and who was fucking with us and how we could get it back. Mm-hmm. But then they they distracted us yeah. with more shiny objects and the shiny things and yeah. all the superhero films and everything. And so mm-hmm. we all kind of guys like me. I passed my my outrage phase. I'm still outraged. But the time when I actually would do something about it, mm-hmm. like I, I got, like that passed me by. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to be Che Guevara or mm-hmm. Fidel, right? Yeah. I didn't get a chance to live in the jungle and <laughs> and, and and lead a revolution and become uh, a gear leader. Yeah, I know. I was I was I was at university during during the eighties of the hotbed of all of you know political revolution and stuff like that. And, oh, and, 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 South and, Africa. I mean, Johnny yeah, Clegg. Yeah, there yeah. was my whole. There, I there I attended a number of rallies. Me in too. Support of South Africa. I attended. Me too. I attended a rally uh, in support of um, uh, unions, you know, the solidarity right, right. Uh, things, uh, you know. Oh, in, in Gdansk and, and, and uh, Lekwalesa. Well, this was actually in, uh, in at the same time, but our solidarity was against the B.C. government, <laughs> Bill Bennett. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Bill. Actually, it's funny. I was, um, we were marching. Uh, there was a student union protest, and um, I, it was organized by, it was a, uh, um, we marched. Uh, it was organized by a very staunch NDP supporter. Um, one of the guys on the march with us, right? Uh, uh, has he? He actually recently became a um, a judge in the Supreme Court of Canada. He's now ultra conservative. But I remember back in the day, he was there marching with us. You know, wow. so thing, things do change. I mean, he. You know, uh, what uh, turned him? Eh, like what <laughs> got him from being like caring about the things you should care about? To join in the team that is really making all the trouble, right? Uh, money, I think. But uh, yeah, that's I don't true. know. I haven't talked to him in years, but it's just I remember when I heard him that he he gotten onto the Supreme Court. I thought, yeah, I remember that guy. I wow, to college with that guy. That's too funny. That um, but yeah, the world has changed. And let's just before we leave the stories, I want to I want to get to one more story. Okay, family photographs are very important because they tell us who we are. They they tell our yeah. stories, but sometimes. Family photographs tell a story that aren't quite so obvious, and you had a situation like that recently with a photograph of uh, your uncle Les. Yeah, that's tell- that's really funny because I, I look at these these parents and, and kids today. They have thousands and thousands of photos taken of them, mm-hmm. right? You look at you and me. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you lucky if you've got fifty pictures of you when you were growing up? Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. that many? I I I, I don't know. No. <laughs> My brother's got them all. <laughs> okay, but I'm just uh, but I'm just saying, like, if I look at the pictures of from my youth, mm-hmm. they are rare. Yes. they're usually from family location, like um, um, celebrations. Mm-hmm. They were taken with one of those bad Instamatic cameras, yeah. where you know the 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 eye piece is off to the right, mm-hmm. so half the people taken in the picture are, are not in the picture. Yeah, because the finder sees them, but the the lens doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Right, because it's you know, and it had those stupid rotating bulbs and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm, I'm looking through all, all these pictures because I'm looking for some to to, um, to copy. And I saw some of my, my, my Uncle Lester. And Lester was a guy that him and my dad both lived in, in Trail, B.C. Mm-hmm. And in Trail, B.C., if you were kind of not going to leave the town, 
you had two options. You either ended up in the refinery, the nickel refinery, right. or you ended up in the nickel mine, mm -hmm. which two things that were not you know, good for your life expectancy. Yeah. And they were horrible jobs, and, and it was just like, kind of like a default thing, right? Yeah. Everybody just did that. Yeah. And him and my dad were friends in school, and they didn't do very good in school. And in grade 9, when they were both 15, they quit school, and they joined the Army. Mm -hmm. Because they had an arm program for young 16-year-olds that got them kind of a year's worth of training. They got education. They got paid for. They got room and lodging. And then they joined the regular army, right, after right. they've had this kind of basic training. Yeah. So these two went in about their ages. And these, of course, are the days where they don't, you know, they didn't have to have a birth certificate. You know what I mean? It right. wasn't a DNA sample and everything. They just signed the yeah. paper, right? Right. And they just took them at their word. Mm -hmm. So the two of them went through this whole training program for a year. Right when they're about to graduate, somebody <laughs> finds out that they were only 15 at the time. Mm -hmm. So they were a year too young. So the judge gave them a choice. Either, boys, you can um, wait a year before you join the military, um, but I think that would be counterproductive. So I'm going to make you take the year again mm -hmm. now that you're old enough to. Mm -hmm. So they took two years of basic training. Right. Uh, when everyone else took one. Mm -hmm. So but but they hadn't they knew so much that they were kind of ahead of the game. Right. And they were like leaders, so both of them shared like the top cadet trophy mm -hmm. at the end of the year. And I think that's what made the two of them like almost better soldiers. Mm -hmm. Um my dad met my mom and got married and stuff, but Lester was always around. Mm -hmm. And Lester never you know, he never had a girlfriend, never had family, he never had any of that. But he was always around our house because he got posted the same place as we did. Right. And, you know, he would live in the single man's barracks, but he would be, you know, he'd be at our place every Saturday night to have beers with my dad. They made wine together. Mm -hmm. They hunted together. That, that deer my dad caught, it was him and Lester that cut it up, right, mm -hmm. in front of us. Um, when we moved to Germany, him and Lester were in, um, were in Egypt uh, and Cyprus together for the UN. They were peacekeepers. Right. When we got moved to Germany, Lester got he was also artillery. He got posted there, too. Mm -hmm. So he was always at our house. Every Friday when the beer man came. Mm -hmm. um, Lester was there to get his his beer order and help the beer man, and you know, like he was just he was closer than my dad's brother, mm -hmm. like a brother. And I didn't, I'm not very close to any of my relatives or anything, but he was as close to a like a an uncle as as I grew up with, mm -hmm. right around me. Um, I didn't. All my uncles are, are just shiftless and useless. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they never had any use for me, mm -hmm. but he always did. And I remember uh, Christmas time. Him and my dad would use their points to fly back to Canada to get us the best gifts. And Lester would get me, like, like the G.I. Joes and the G.I. Joe helicopter, right? Mm -hmm. Or he'd get me the big Jim Camper that I love, right, yeah. that I'm coveting to this day, yeah. right? Or Evil Knievel or something, like, or Mago figures. He just knew about those things. Yeah. When, when, they, when they would get posted, say, for uh, – they were in England for um, three weeks. They were um, training with the English. He would bring me back G.I. Joe costumes like the British Beefeater, right, the, mm -hmm. the guards. Or he'd bring me big uh, – when they were in Australia, the Australian soldier costume. Mm -hmm. right? He always brought us stuff, mm -hmm. right, me and my sister. And I remember – when I was a little older, I asked my mom, like, why, why doesn't Les have a, a family or anything that? And, you know, my mom would say, well, he doesn't have any, any parents or family or brothers and sisters. We just kind of adopted him. He's mm -hmm. like a part of our family. And, um, you know, my mother would say things like confirmed bachelor and things, right? Confirmed but bachelor, I, yeah. yeah. I didn't know until I was much older when you can understand those kinds of things mm -hmm. that, that he was a gay man. Mm -hmm. And he lived in a time when that you could not uh, uh, live that life. 
-hmm. especially if you were a soldier in the military. Mm -hmm. You know, he had to hide who he was for most of his life, and this man was the the sweetest, most compassionate guy. I mean, on Saturday mornings, he he helped the guys, the the younger um, soldiers, run this um, youth center. Mm-hmm. Where they would they would have slot they built a slot car track so we could race our slot cars. Mm-hmm. They had pool tables and ping pong and 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 he would go to the he had a buddy at the American base that would get us um, films of um, um, Wide World of Sports and Saturday morning cartoons and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like sure they'd be months out of date, right? <laughs> but we he would show us films of English language cartoons that we never saw because everything was in German, right? Right. right. There was no you know Europe English was not so widespread mm-hmm. um, uh, you know he always coached a team he, more times than he coached my baseball team in the summer I mean all of these things and I never ever even thought that you know I was being raised with it by a gay man mm-hmm. right never made me gay like I always say never made me gay it just made me grateful mm-hmm. because it, it made when I heard when I heard the truth it made absolutely no difference mm-hmm. I was I was sad because he could never be who he really was mm-hmm. And and we never knew this going. And maybe maybe it was better we didn't, mm-hmm. because it just didn't matter. Yeah, it just didn't matter. I mean, he, every Christmas he bought the best gifts. Um, when I, I remember, I was a pirate. I don't know how many Halloweens when we lived there. I must have been a pirate of of, of the like maybe the fifteen Halloweens you you do in your life. Mm-hmm. Probably ten of them I was a pirate <laughs> because every year he would add to my costume. Yeah. And he would get me like the coolest things, like like a captain's coat, right? Mm-hmm. That he would just see. In a, like, I remember when when they were in England, they were they were working like with the the guys who it was kind of like a big military parade, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was for the, some Queen's Jubilee or something that the Canadian troops were involved in. But he actually went to like the secondhand store and found me like this kind of coat that was the red, right, with mm-hmm. the gold leaf on it right. that looked like something a pirate would have taken off a British um, naval man yeah. in those days, right? So I just all of my my sash was very cool. I had mm-hmm. cool toy swords and guns and knives and patches and he even sewed a parrot onto my coat <laughs> stuffed parrot so that the parrot didn't and the parrot kind of leaned a little so it was even funnier yeah right because he didn't really stand up but yeah. like things like that he would care about and um after uh, music taught me to sing harmony to all those stupid country records him and my dad would listen to right <laughs> and statler brothers we'd sing mm-hmm. um you know how many times was i sick that that he stayed up all night and with the medicine and and when I had fevers and stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, I think of him and, and Nicholas uh, Morton and those guys and, and Johnny Clegg, and I just think, fuck, you know, there's so many good people that that uh, attach themselves to your life, mm-hmm. and it humbles me because I'm not that to nobody, right? <laughs> I should be, but I just feel very grateful. I've been, I've just blessed. Yeah. I, it could have went. It, like, when you think of how crazy it goes for some people. And some people just don't get a break. I got breaks everywhere by the the people that raised me. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, sh- I should be a better man what, than I am. What, what happened to Uncle S? Uncle S died recently. He had yeah. cancer, too, yeah. um, about uh, six, seven years after my dad did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, was they're he, together. Was he, ever, was he ever able to come out? And, and again, I, I he never did to any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those things my mom told me and just said, you know, just kind of keep it on the down low kind of thing, yeah. right? That, yeah, you're right. 
you know, mm-hmm. you figured it out, genius, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh-huh. and he, and he wasn't an effeminate guy or anything. You know, he uh-huh. didn't. You know, he's just a a regular guy who just, you know, knew who he was. And then I think the greatest thing about it is the way my father like treated him, mm-hmm. and the fact that my father never made a big deal about it, even around us. Like, how many times was I left alone with him? Mm-hmm. You know, how many times did he show us how to make homemade pizza? And mm-hmm. and even he was there at the time. Me and my sister cracked an egg in the center thinking that would be good, right? And then he came in and laughed his ass off, and we had to our, our, our pizza looked like a donut when we were done because we had to, cause the egg doesn't cook well, yeah. right, on a donut, on a pizza, <laughs> on a right? Pizza, yeah. like, like cheese does. It was like black in the middle and everything. And we thought we were so smart. But, you know, how many times did he, you know, yeah. show up with the greatest birthday gifts and Christmas gifts and, and take me out to play catch and stuff and, mm. um, you know, just just things like that. Yeah. You know, when my dad when my dad would phone us when they were on, we called it scheme, they're on scheme, when they were out, tra- out training and stuff, right? And they'd get that one phone call a week. You know, he would be on the phone too, with yeah. my dad, checking mm-hmm. in with us. Yeah. So just when I when I think about my life, like I said, I, I was raised by, you know, a gay man and my parents mm-hmm. because he had as much to do with turning me out the way I was than, and again, none of that made me gay. So when I, it infuriates me when I hear people saying, mm-hmm. you know, teacher shouldn't be gay. This person shouldn't be gay. Thing, when I hear that kind of prejudice, I think, mm-hmm. that's not my experience. So you will never, ever get me to support that point of view. Yeah. Because I mean, and, and I, you know, now, I mean, there still is stigma. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to be out now it is. Than, it is. Than, than it was back then. And that's something that, that maybe, you know, that's something kind of worth worth fighting for when you talk about, Fighting, for the, fighting these regressive forces that want to take things back to the dark ages. I totally agree. You know? Because he, he didn't choose to be that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would choose to be have a life where you're, where you're constantly demonized like that? Yeah. Just for what you, what you think. Mm-hmm. Why fake it, make you know, children upset, and then the wife that mm-hmm. you divorce because you're, you're trying to fake it. That's one thing I admired about him, too, that he never, you know, he never tried to fake it, mm-hmm. you know? I don't think he was ever confronted with it, but I, I think if he was, he would have never denied it. Yeah. Right? He was that just just confident in himself, mm-hmm. and I just it, I think because my parents didn't care, it was never an issue. Mm-hmm. And I learned. I'm glad I learned late enough in life the truth because then I was able to look back with kind of an open heart. And maybe if I was, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. if you, if you was a, if I was a younger person and I was, you know, influenced by that kind of, you know, hatred. Mm-hmm. But I never was, and I was lucky. Again, very lucky because I could be that that person, right? Yeah. That's got the gun, and because I don't have a girlfriend. All those <laughs> idiots who go out shooting schools and shooting places up—they don't have girlfriends. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm I'm an incel. I'm 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 target one. I should be watched. <laughs> I shouldn't be able to get a gun, just for my my you know my personal life, right? <laughs> and that's why, like, that's why these guys should be monitored, right? They should ask you certain questions. You got a girlfriend? No. Well. Come back when you do, and have her sign that you can have a gun, yeah. right? And then it'll be okay. Yeah. Because right now, no, you're a bad risk. Yeah. You know, yeah. we won't lend the guy money, right? Right. But we'll get him, let him have a gun. Yeah. You can't get a loan, but you can get a gun. Yeah. You know? Well, that's that's in Canada here. Yeah. I mean, that's right. In, in the that's states, right. they'll let anyone have a gun. Uh, exactly. You know, they'll give they give they give them to you when you're out out of the the, the nursing uh, the delivery room, I think. That's right. When you when you open up a checking account. Yeah. You need a gun or a toaster, right? <laughs> And guys right. have had those, those, those kind of promotions. Buy a car, get a gun. As usual, Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool 
Why should I care? Well, you should care because the Cave of Cool is your place on the internet for everything cool related. I surf the internet all the time. I collect the best of the stuff that I think is interesting or cool. I review movies, television, comic books, anything pop culture. Cave of Cool is your source of cool. Doing it for 10 years, 42,000 posts, um, and millions, millions of potential followers. Can't be wrong. Well, that you've sold me. That sounds great. How do I get me some of this internet goodness? You always go on to the Google, and the Google will take you to Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool. You could even put Canadian Cave of Cool or just Cave of Cool, and it will pop up number one or two on your list. Follow the link and enjoy. Beer ramen, what's that all about? Oh, this dumb stupid Canada thing. I mean, it's bad enough that this freaking country was the country that is cursed with putting pineapple on pizza. Okay. And that's how Ontario guy at a Greek pizza restaurant did it, and it became a thing. Thankfully, yeah, we, we, we've, all yeah. we've all heard the story. We've all heard the story. Even even Justin Trudeau was was right. was on on board with the pineapple pizza. Right. He, and even and then the president of Iceland said if he was in charge, it would be illegal <laughs> to have pineapple on pizza. He okay. actually announced that yeah. to children of them. They asked him a question. These other kids, they said, "Yes, I hate that." So he's with us. <laughs> okay. These Iceland's with us. But now they're serving in in Toronto this restaurant which takes ramen noodles, mm-hmm. cooks them. And then puts them in a big beer mug with your beer. <laughs> so it, 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 they showed the woman eating a cheeseburger, and she's drinking her beer with ramen noodles out of it. Okay. I have one question. Yep. Why? Again, my point exactly. <laughs> ramen noodles are bad enough. I mean, they're a default food. Okay. When you really are sick and want that really spicy soup, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or you're really in college, and that's all you got, mm-hmm. and you got a kettle. Right. Yeah. So what else can you do? It's cup soup or a ramen noodle, yeah. right? But to put it in someone's beer, I mean, now, I hate beer to begin with. See, now, now if you were to take a, a a bowl of ramen noodles and dump it in someone's beer, that that's a fight just waiting to happen. Uh, exactly, but that's an item that you can order yourself, mm. right? Yeah. And it's like so your ramen noodles taste like beer. I mean, how much does the pers- how much does a restaurant charge for that extra? It's like mm. you get you get a, a, a an Oktoberfest beer mug mm-hmm. that size. And it, it's nothing but ramen noodles in it. Yeah, it's See, another war crime. Now I'm a big fan of the ramen. I'm too. Uh, not, not. I mean, not necessarily the ones you get at home. You know, you, I mean, you, you can get them for fifty cents each. Those little, you know, those packets, right? Yeah. But I'm talking about the ones you get in a restaurant. There was a restaurant in Vancouver called uh, Noodle Express. And, and did they, they add and those we would, things to it. Yeah, we they okay. would we have the big bowl of ramen with the the pork and the egg, you know, and and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you'd sit there and eat and you'd you'd have your beer. You know, and and don't mix the ramen with the beer. You know, no, you have, have your beer with no. it, but don't you don't you know you're an adult. You know, you right. don't get the you don't get the ramen and the beer. And again, do you drink the beer with the ramen? Like you drink the ramen together, or do you scoop out the ramen, eat it like you would eat normal noodles, and then drink the beer afterwards? Like it just seems like a more problem than it's worth. Yeah, exactly. Because you're never going to squeeze out all the noodles. They're going to get on your beard. You're going to get beer all <laughs> over your shirt. Right. It's 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 a nightmare. It's mm. like it's like eating um, spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. Right. No, that no, it, it takes a planning. Yeah. Now, see, when I, I used to do it with the chopsticks because I learned how to use the chopsticks when, yeah, I, was, me too. when I was a kid. Cause, me too. You know, Vancouver. But you know, so you know, you, you're careful, right? You're, you're, you try to be anyway. You know, you, you, you mm-hmm. get ramen spilled on your shirt, you just look like an idiot. But you know, but no, there's there's no. What, you know, what the heck were these Torontonians thinking? Again, putting putting the ramen in the beer. I just don't get it. Yep, yep. It's it's just mixing okay. things like because that. it's it, mixing because a, it takes up more space that could be filled up with more beer. Thank you. You know, it's it's like half. You're getting half a glass of beer. <laughs> yeah. With five cents worth of ramen noodles, yeah. they don't even use the good spaghetti noodles. Yeah. You're not getting like uh, what are they called the the what are the ones that um, they always advertise? I forget. 
But yeah. uh, you're not getting those good noodles. No, you're, you're not getting, getting yeah. you're getting the the wavy ramen noodles. Yeah, yeah, you're you're yeah, you're not you're not getting the uh, the the udon noodles. The yes, right. They're not yeah. making your your from scratch, right? Yeah, they're just going dumbass. Here's half a uh, half your beer, and I'm going to stuff noodles in it. Okay, right. Now, okay, now that is a crime. Yeah, it's a war crime. Another yeah, war know, crime. Honestly, it, and really, know, if we don't, if my beer comes to the table with ramen noodles like that, in it, yeah, right? I'm, because I'm from that, it's a short. Slippery slope to children in cages the, without yeah. toothpaste. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's how. That's how the ovens get started. Yeah, that's Hitlerism all over again. Hitler, uh, one Oktoberfest, put ramen noodles in beer, and boom. Next thing you know, it's four years in Europe fighting the Nazi. Well, I'll tell you, I committed. To, I will commit to punching any Nazi that I meet, and I will commit to punching anyone Thank who puts you. ramen in my beer. I'm sorry. Do you think? Do you think Munich would put up with that? No. Do you think if they had in, in Munich Oktoberfest somebody put ramen in your beer, you it think would, it that would start a riot? To, it would be a riot. It would. And and really in Munich, people get so drunk they sleep on the street and people just leave them there. Mm-hmm. It's considered to be a, a bad form if you uh, roll them off the sidewalk, See, right? That's, you know, that's, that's you try to roll them off the street onto the sidewalk, but yeah. you leave them there to be passed out and yeah. drunk off their ass. But if they're sitting there with half a glass of beer and, and half a thing of ramen in it, um, I mean, basically you push them into the street. Yeah. Or you, or you, you, know, you, yeah. you, you call the the, the brute squad. With, yeah. Brute squad. Or someone you, you call Krampus in his you, in his yeah. cage or, and or drag just, him away. You know, someone with a white coat. The guys with the white coats. You know. That's someone, right. That's right. Gestapo. I mean, yeah. you just go missing. Yeah. You should just go missing because you even went to a rap. And the people they show on that post I made are so that girl's so happy to have your beer and ramen. It's like. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> this is why you don't have a boyfriend, uh, right? Yeah. Because he saw you drinking that and he went, no. <laughs> no. She's attractive, but no. no. Yeah. I'm not going to serve that. You're going to bring it out when my buddies are over? Mm. That's why I like it, you know? Oh. It's like, okay. it was like people with Clamato, you know? I never understand that yeah, either. Well. But I'm not a beer guy, so I, I, I totally... I, I'm just mad at the beer and ramen. I would never eat it, yeah. but I'm thinking of the rest of you. See, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very big ramen fan, and I'm a very big beer fan, but you know, mixing them together is just a crime against nature. And Thank I you. I Thank won't you. have it. That's why yeah. we're friends, because you yeah. get it. Yeah. Right? I can turn I mean, to we, you, and we, you'll we, nod to me and say, Calvin, yes. Yeah. We disagree on the pineapple pizza, but... Oh, come you on. <laughs> you're, you're making that up. No, it's, it's true. true. Well, the next was... morning when it's cold, but come on. When it's hot... And so, okay, you know if there's three types of pizza, you're telling me you're gonna you're gonna even try a piece of the pineapple? Look, I was young, I was stupid, I had no taste. But and I mean, and now that I've grown up, and my wife has educated me about what pizza really needs to be, I, I I've learned, you know, you, you know, pizza should not have, you know, I mean, I I haven't had a pineapple pizza for a long time. It's, yeah, what it's next, one of those last week? Rare things, kind of like comfort food, like the way peanut butter and jelly, you know, <laughs> sandwiches are. You know, yeah, that's right. Comfort. That's right. You know, every once in a while you got to have one, but it's you not have like a big gonna... one, but then you realize uh, it wasn't as great as I thought it would no, be. No, it was. You pack yeah. one for lunch, mm-hmm. and you go, yeah, yeah. Where's the where's the where's the, the vending machine? Yeah. You know, well, I need like, a couple of like, Kit Kats. Yeah. It's like one of those old, you know, kid. It's like what I used to have as a kid. You know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and 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 chicken noodle, Campbell's chicken noodle soup. You know, everyone's you know that's not something you're really gonna want to no, have every day. But no, those every don't go together. But yeah, the but the but I've I've learned that pizzas. Pineapple pizza is a, a rarity thing now. It's a... No, it's it's default, man. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like like I said, if 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 you're at a big event and it's left over the next day, mm-hmm. I'll have it cold. Yeah, right. Because it almost feels like a breakfast thing. Exactly. And when but, you're you know in university, that's the what you that's you, yeah. You, but your not pizza for... has to last you from the night you buy it to the next to the next. Afternoon. If it does, if it does, yeah. 
But I mean, I will never like I will never sh- like go half and half with another person. I'll get two smalls before I'll do that. <laughs> I mean, that don't don't yeah. drag me into your you know criminal empire, your yeah. bad habits, or I don't want I don't want it uh, I don't want a piece of pineapple stuck in my beard, you know, <laughs> as I'm eating crust and someone yeah. sees me like that and it immediately like Princess Diana, you know, she's pulling up to the pizza restaurant, and just sees me there, and then immediately gets back in her car and leaves. Yeah. Right. When she was going to come in and talk to me, but no, she saw the piece of pineapple on my beard and realized, like, I was not worthy to be in the castle, right? Uh, Yeah, well, anyway, uh, so uh, this far and no further. So, yeah, exactly. So you're not going to see it across country. It's not going to be like Slurpees or anything. It's not going to catch on. It's not going to be like that A&W meatless burger, which I can't tell the difference from, which is sad. I mean, if it's that good, what Mm. the hell did they put in it, right? Yeah. What did they flavor that sawdust with? Uh, have you tried one of those? I have tried one. Then they're good. I tried. I tried them side by side. Yeah. And and they both tasted pretty good to me. I couldn't tell which was which. Wow. Which was bad because when I did the Pepsi challenge, I got that one right away. Yeah. So, so I thought I had a palate, but I guess not. Hmm. <laughs> because no, they did. They that was a the, what are they, they don't even call it a, a meat burger. It's like unmeat or yeah, they give it yeah, some re- beyond meat. Beyond meat. Like, what is that? Right. Beyond Meat sounds like that ear that grew on the mouse, right? When they tried to you know, make that guy's ear again. Yeah. Remember they grew the, mo- the ear on the guy on the mouse? That's re- Beyond Meat, That's, right? Yeah, I remember it's that. It's a mouse with an ear on him, right? <laughs> now cook that for me yep. and make it palatable. All right. What kind of sauce you put on that? <laughs>
Coast to Coast, a Coast to Coast production.